Hello and welcome to Clapback, news from millennials and Gen Z. You're joined by Aussie journalists Michelle Escobar and Josephine McDonald. Josie, how are you? I'm good, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. I'm so tired at the moment. It's getting actually quite hot here in, in Sydney. Oh, I'm so jealous. It's getting quite cold and dark. We're like nearing, you know, the, the darkest and shortest days now. But it's Christmas. Woo! Yeah. Well, not yet, but like Almost. Christmas vibes. Mm. Yeah. Which I feel like you would feel more of it over there than here because here it's all about summer and over there you've got like the decorations and the snow and all that. Exactly. Well, we don't actually have snow. I'm crossing my fingers for a white Christmas, but, you know, like climate change and everything. Oh, yeah, everything's um, But on. December 1st was great because at work for lunch we had a lot of, like, traditional Danish Christmas food and we had mulled wine and everything. And oh, then I yes. had a friend's Christmas party that night. Like, it does really feel like Christmas on steroids here, I have to say. <laughs> I feel like that's ramping up here as well. Not just yet, but like the rest of December, like I've got heaps of like, you know, like everyone wants to do a Christmas gathering or whatever. And you're doing like end of year drinks and, and all that. So December's going to be busy. Exactly. You guys have Santa in like board shorts and thongs, thongs. and in shopping malls, you know, doing photo shoots and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's gearing up. We've all got the <laughs> Christmas carols playing in shopping, you know stores wherever you are in the world I guess yeah exactly it's all kind of the same in one way or another yeah but I have to say I'm gonna quickly pull you up on the intro because considering that our families are listening now (laughs) we should probably broaden the demographic to gen x and boomers just because you know we don't discriminate that's right it is for everyone Uh, I guess the way that we deliver it is probably in more of a way that, you know, the millennials and, and Jen said would take it in because we are millennials, but it is for everyone. Yes. Our parents can be very supportive. So they are definitely included. <laughs> yes. And I mean, like, as we sort of mentioned in the first episode, Michelle, you're in Sydney. I'm in Copenhagen. I actually just had a coffee because I was <laughs> listening back to the last episode we recorded because I tend to pop on a podcast while I clean and I was like, why don't I yeah. listen to my own? Yeah. And we had um, Miguel Delaney on last week. <laughs> and as soon as he was like, oh, Josephine, like your last name, is that Irish as well? And I was like, it's Scottish. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, Joe, like, do you want to sound any more blunt and unenthusiastic? That was so funny. When I was listening back, when to be fair to you, in that edit, just in that moment, it did freeze for a minute. So Miguel had to repeat his question, but you were just as blunt in your response. I was just as blunt. Like I have a quite a blunt sense of humor, but in that I was just like, wow, I sound <laughs> so incredibly flat. <sighs> I thought but- it was so funny. No, and he was just you. like, oh, okay. Was <laughs> like, oh, okay. Moving on. He <laughs> was like, I'm not asking her any personal questions. <laughs> and that's why this week we were like, you know what? We're going to make a really warm and inviting, nice podcast episode. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're going to do something a little different. And we'll probably do a few episodes like this in the future as well, where we will talk about what's happening in the world, some big news, some quirky news, some strange news as, as, as well. And and share our thoughts on it, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. We're both very talkative, very opinionated, you know. Yeah. So what better than to start gonna, your own podcast? We've got an opinion but on Michelle, everything. Um, yeah. Actually, that's another thing I noticed when I was listening back to the podcast that 
I think we both get really excited and then we start asking questions at the same time and like yeah. talking over each other. <laughs> and there's so many studies that have been done, like research saying, you know, like men typically have a tendency of speaking over women. Mm. But I was like, I don't have that problem. Like I will talk over anyone and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I find it more so like in a work environment where it's more male dominated and you want to say something and someone else says something at the same time, but you're like, they're being rude. So you kind of keep on going until like someone stops talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then also that thing of like, oh, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. And yeah, then it's yeah, yeah. so awkward. And I'm like, yeah. someone just say it. Like, just, yeah. it. just keep going. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. rant over. Um, Michelle, speaking of early mornings, you've been covering obviously the World Cup. Yeah. And we have to talk about the Socceroos. Yes. Yeah, so it's over the last couple of weeks, before I get into the Socceroos, the last couple of weeks have been um, quite difficult because here yeah. in Australia, um, it's literally on in the middle of the night. If you're in Perth, though, it's not as bad because yeah. the games are on at like 6 p.m., 9 p.m., but in Sydney, they're on at like 2 a.m. and 6 a.m. And, and whatnot. So that's been hard. But the football has been really good. There's been so much drama. The Socceroos are through to the round of 16 for just the second time ever, which is so exciting. Like, we all can't believe it here. And for you, it was like, it was was a difficult one because you're obviously Danish. I mean, grew up in Australia and you're Australian. But you're over there. How did you feel about it? Yeah, it was interesting because the morning of I got a message from a former colleague and then I was asked by people at work. And I mean, I'll be honest, like tip wise, I was going with Denmark. It was sort of that case of like my head was saying Denmark, but my heart was saying Australia because Mm. I remember in the last World Cup, we were in the same pool. And I think at that point I was like, I'm just going to support Denmark, you know, like I've just like moved back kind of thing. But this time around, I was like, oh, everyone loves an underdog. And also just me, like the contrarian, my housemates are sending me photos from where they're watching the game, like heaps of Danish flags, you know, they're like, woo, like it's the day, like who are you going for, Josie, like the right team. And I was like, either way, I'm a winner. Like yeah. I have to say, because yeah. Denmark was going to go through or Australia was going to go through. But the upset, it was an upset. It was an upset because Denmark's everyone, well, was everyone's dark horse. I mean, they always are. They have, on paper, they have a better team than, than Australia. I mean, you've got Christian Eriksen as well, which is like one of the biggest names in the world. Yeah. And then Australia, like most people couldn't even name, even in Australia, a lot of people until this World Cup couldn't name like wouldn't most be able of, to name. Yeah, yeah, maybe Matt Ryan because he's been around for, because for ages. Yeah. But any place in Copenhagen as well. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. Uh, yeah. But other than that, so that was like, that was huge. But I, I don't know, I've just been, I don't know if it's just me being delusional going into every single World Cup being like, we're going to get a win or something like that. But this one, I felt really good about it. And like, even in the office, I was just like, yeah, next game we'll be playing like Poland or Argentina. I'm like, we're going to get through. Not because like we're a whole lot better than Denmark, just because we're going to get through. Um, yeah exactly but it was a bit strange because I actually watched the first half at work Mm. and I was following the live blog and looking at the stats I was like how have Denmark not scored yet yeah like just in terms of possession yeah well that's the thing because so France um when France and Denmark played France um beat Denmark 
And mm. I went and watched back the highlights because I was like, I haven't seen Denmark play this World Cup before they took on Australia. And I was like, I want to see like how it went down because Denmark did score against them. And then when I watched the highlights, I was like, oh, we don't have that much to worry about because Denmark aren't actually good finishers. Like they've got all these mm. shots, but they didn't. And that's what ruined them against Australia as well. And then it felt like in the last, well, the first 20 minutes, Denmark were like really going for it. And I was like, oh no, are we yeah, going to be I able mean, to Yeah, I mean, we were messaging this? each other and you were yeah. like, they're looking scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the last like maybe 25 minutes, I was just like, Denmark aren't really trying anymore. Like they're just kind of letting us go through. Um, I don't know if you saw as well, there was a note. Did you see that? No. So um, I think around like the 70th minute, um, a note was passed from like the Danish um, coaching staff to the players. I think they made a substitute and the substitute brought it on. And they, it must have been like to make some sort of changes. They just like threw it away. Mitchell Duke picked it up, um, ran over to Graham Arnold and his coaching staff. And apparently on the Australian coaching staff, there's a couple that can speak Danish. So even though the note was in Danish, they could like translate they could, it. Oof, oof, then oof. they changed their defense uh, according to the note and Australia won. Wow. Yeah. That's what we call shithousery in football. <laughs> Yeah, but in a way, it's just like you've got to take those opportunities, like the mysterious letter. Exactly. And, you know, speaking the language, it's not very widely spoken, but uh, got to get the insight. No, but there's a, there's a strong connection between Australia and Denmark for whatever reason. There's just like. Yes, it's me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> no, but there are, there's been quite a few Danes that have gone yeah. down to play in the A-League as well. Um, yeah, and vice versa, like a lot of Australians yeah. going over to Denmark to play like yeah for ages it's In been like that. yeah I wonder how much Danish they would know but yeah I'm not exactly sh- sure who on the coaching staff speaks Danish I mean they could be Danish themselves they're probably so, just yeah. like googling like YouTube tutorials before yeah. they play like I always wonder that's like a really dumb shower thought of me but like how much <laughs> they're like we've got to learn like the terms like before we play like yeah. Argentina like what Spanish words do we need I to know learn? and I saw some comments from Argentinians being like we're gonna write a note with like the wrong thing on it and I was like oh no <laughs> I hope oh, not I love this <laughs> yeah. that's so funny well I think we'll leave it there and we'll head into our news wrap and analysis our first episode was on Brittany Higgins. Do you want to tell us what has happened? Yes. Um, so we, like you said, we had a uh, Professor Rick Saar, who we spoke to about many of the legal aspects of the Bruce Lerman trial. And one of the biggest stories to round out this week is that prosecutors have dropped charges against Mr. Lerman for the alleged rape of Brittany Higgins. ACT... Director of Public Prosecutions, Shane Drumgold, announced yesterday morning that after receiving evidence from two independent medical experts, a retrial would pose a significant and unacceptable risk to the life of the complainant. Yeah, so just to recap, Chief Justice Lucy McCallum dismissed the jury in the first rape trial after she said a court worker carrying out routine tidying accidentally bumped one of the jurors' documents folders onto the floor and noticed a part of the title page of an academic research paper on sexual assault 
Mr. Drumgold said he still had a clear view that there was a reasonable prospect of conviction if the retrial went ahead. But at the end of the day, Miss Higgins' mental health had to be the, the priority. Yeah, I mean, I just actually like reading that out loud is like very difficult. Mm. I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you've seen about it, Michelle. I mean, like you linked me an article before saying that this, it was like a West Australian article about, yeah. that, you know, it was, it was probably going to happen. And I mean, like, just based on like a lot of the kind of media I consume, there've been some other lawyers who've appeared and just said that it is really tough when you have to prosecute these kind of cases because it is also like, what are they signing up for? Mm. And I can only imagine like the pain and having to like relive trauma as well would be super triggering. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and it just says, I, I think a lot of people have also said like it, it kind of shows what's like not, I don't know if lacking is the right word, but just in terms of like how the legal system, because you're going off the presumption of innocence, of course, mm. but at the same time, like this is what it comes down to. Yeah. And like when we spoke to um, Professor Rick Saar, he did say that that's just how the justice system works in the sense that the witness has to give evidence because they are the ones yeah. putting the, the case forward. So it's just unfortunate, I suppose, like the amount of grilling that she went under, but that's the process. And yeah. But in I, saying that, yeah. Shane Drumgold did say that he's never witnessed before like so much media scrutiny. Yeah. Like she has basically been like free game to be picked yeah. apart. That's so true. You know, this is like a discussion I've had as well. It's like when you're going to the media over something that's so huge that happened in Parliament House with people that are so powerful, this was always the media attention was always going to be like this. But at the same time, if she didn't go to the media, like she was trying to go through uh, the police before, she also may not have gotten as far as she has in terms of, you know, like going to court and all that. So it's like, it's a very convoluted one in the sense of like, I'm sure that's why that she took so long to, to go to the media as well, that it's of not course. easy. And the attention that it brings is always going to bring this extra spotlight. I do think that what didn't help her during the case as well was that, and no fault of her own, but it did seem like in her evidence there were a few holes and that does happen when people are obviously intoxicated. Like you're not going to remember absolutely everything, but how they were able to pick that apart. And I also think like her being on social media throughout the case didn't help her cause and her, what she said after, um, after the trial as well. I, like she had a right to say that, but I don't think it helped as well. It's just those little things that, I mean, that someone can't be silenced or anything and they shouldn't be, but the world mm -hmm. isn't like black and white and things can no, work course. against you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more nuanced than that. I just, yeah, I don't know. I think hopefully this whole saga, because it really has been a saga, can shine mm. some light on, I think, particularly the importance of like mental health. Yeah. Um, and I mean justice for victims mm. but at the end of the day this is it's it comes down to legalities as well um yeah 
and I guess all parties have had to be incredibly strong. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I think we were all waiting for that uh, retrial. It didn't happen. And I have to say, like, it came down to someone also doing the wrong thing. Yeah. I know that's a lot to put on one individual, but I'm just saying. Yeah. And and the thing is, okay, like, there is the presumption, obviously, of innocence, and we don't know exactly whether he did it or not we can have our opinions about it but I probably won't say it here but in saying that I've read a lot of articles like the ABC has done articles of Bruce Lerman about other women before coming forward Mm -hmm. and saying that they felt uncomfortable by him there was one that was uh his former housemate um who said that you know, she felt very uncomfortable at times when he was intoxicated that allegedly he would try to storm into her room. So just when it's like a lot of accounts that you have, you know, saying these things before, it does make you think, I hope that, you know, we don't have someone that's very dangerous out there. No, exactly. It's like when people say that sort of like repeat offender thing, and obviously that's like not a very good profile. Um, I mean, some maybe other people would say that that's a a character assassination, but the end of the day, everyone has self agency, intention, Mm -hmm. and uh, in that this time, uh, yeah, you know they made the call. Miss Higgins's mental health should be the priority of yeah, of course. Yeah, um, and she is um, in hospital at the moment. I think that's been reported, right? Yeah, that was yeah. been reported by the ABC that, yeah, she was receiving um, treatment in hospital. So, yeah, I just want to quickly reference another court case, um, mm-hmm. the Chris Dawson verdict. So the former Sydney school teacher and rugby league star has been sentenced to 24 years in prison for the historical murder of his wife, Lynette. Michelle, did you ever listen to Teacher's Pet? No, but you did, right? <gasps> yes. Oh, I it's heard like so much about pod- it. I do. I do want to listen to it, and I was like, "Yeah, it's but on you know my what? list." I, I listened to it when we were traveling together in Europe. Yeah, you you listened to it before, like the case, because obviously the case went ahead because of this podcast and all the yeah. evidence that that came of it. So you were listening to it, and it, it actually yeah, got before- taken down at one point as well because oh, it was really? going to be before the courts. But like that podcast. First of all, like Headley Tom, like I love his voice. I've, I'm such a sucker for voices. Yeah. But it's funny because voice? I reckon. Sorry? Does, that, does he have a deep voice? I don't even know if it's like deep. It's just like very easy to listen to. I mean, it probably yeah. is deep. He's just like, what, a man? An yeah. older man, gentleman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very good journalist. Um, but I just, I recommended it to a few of my Danish friends and they were like, it's kind of hard to like follow because of the Australian accent. No way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think because a lot of them are more used to hearing like British and American. Or American, and stuff. yeah. I found but- that not to like, sorry, go off completely off, off the topic. But oh. when I was in France, um, I did summer school when I was like 19. And sometimes I had to speak a lot more slowly than what the Americans are part of our group had to because the French that were with us were like sometimes I don't understand your Australian accent it's like too fast and I'm not used to it and I'm like Mm. it's close enough to the British (laughs) I know we've just got like a bit more of a twang I guess I suppose um but I think that you should listen to it it's it's phenomenal it's really really engaging it's like really great journalism 
Yeah. Um, and obviously, finally, for her family getting justice after yeah. so many years. Isn't it wild, though, that after, yeah, after so many years, the podcasts and, and I suppose it is, a, yeah, it is a strong form of journalism, like collating all this evidence led to the prosecution of him after, yeah, after like yeah. decades of him essentially getting away with it. Exactly, exactly. I don't even want to talk about it anymore because like I don't want to like do spoiler alert for people that haven't heard it. But if you haven't yeah. listened to it, this is your cue now. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get Clicking my that. fingers. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> um, okay, so moving into politics. Michelle, the Prime Ministers of New Zealand and Finland met this past week. Sana Marin was in New Zealand for her first official tour, marking the first ever visit to the country by a Finnish Prime Minister. Marin and Jacinta Ardern held a joint press conference at Auckland's Government House on Wednesday, where policies around trade and the climate crisis were covered. Yeah, journalists there suggested that some people may have thought they were meeting because they shared a similar demographic. Adern responded by pointing out whether or not anyone ever asked Barack Obama and John Key if they met because they were of similar age and noted that there's a higher proportion of men in politics. It's reality because two women meet. It is not simply because of their gender. Can I just say, when I saw that um, the Finnish uh, prime minister was there, I thought, oh, that was my first thought. I was like, oh, maybe they're meeting because they are like, I don't know, <laughs> they have a lot in what, common. because they WhatsApp, <laughs> like they message each other. <laughs> so, and so when the question popped up, I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I just didn't think much of it. I was like, oh, maybe like, you know, she extended the, because, you know, the Finnish prime minister has been in a lot of like hot water, I suppose, for not doing anything what? wrong, just living her life no. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was I, the leaked video thing. That's how she yeah, went viral. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I saw, but then when I saw that she was here in Australia with Anthony Albanese, our prime minister, I was like, oh no, she's just doing like a, a tour of Australia and New yeah, Zealand. Like, and it's like so normal for leaders to do that. Um, but yeah, no, to ask that in a press conference is so uncalled for, especially if like, I mean, me, I was just, I just saw it randomly like on TikTok. So that's different. But you're, if you're a journalist and you know the reason why she's there, uh, it's completely uncalled for. Yeah. And I mean, Jacinta Ardern, like soon after also, because people were like Finland and New Zealand, like they're worlds apart kind of thing. But, yeah. you know, they were also talking about like national security stuff with like, war, like between Russia and Ukraine. And she went into all of these like trade statistics. I mean, I don't know. I feel like a bit bad saying this, but thinking from like a media perspective, because I was actually looking on YouTube and it was like some Canadian broadcasters and, you know, the host was sort of asking the panel and they were like, yeah, you know, it's like not even a bad question. It's just a stupid question mm, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like how the media works, I would not be surprised if there was a news director out there that was like, you've got to ask about like <laughs> the gender thing because that's just going to be the headline. Like it's going to go viral, the clickbait, you know, kind of thing. Like That's true. Yeah, that is a very good point because, I mean, we are in the business of, of finding angles that yes. are going to make you stand out. It is a bit It's like literally chucking the lighter into the, yeah. you know what I mean? yeah. And I just think that because this 
guy in Canada was sort of like, you know, maybe he was going to ask something and then a journalist before him asked and then he just had to think of something. I was like, nah, that is <laughs> nah, the kind of question that you go in with. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm just surprised that like, I guess not everyone's kind of like like us, but in a way that he was like ballsy enough to ask that because you know you're going to get a, a defensive reaction. And Jacinda Ardern deals with this sort of stuff very well. Like she's yes, very calm. Has she a does. Smile on if her I was going to get shut down by any world leader, I would want it to be her. <laughs> <laughs> it also like the way that she does it. You don't feel like you're completely shut down until like you you probably watch back and you're like, oh yeah, I was shut down. Just the way that she does it, it's just very like yeah. poised. It's almost worse. Yeah. yeah, in the moment, it it's is. like kill them with kindness. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, but it's nice to have the Finnish prime minister down here. I mean, it's like a huge achievement that she's so young and she's in this position. She's recognized around the world for whatever reasons, whatever, but she's like getting on with it, obviously doing her job. And the people of Finland must have chosen her for some reason. Yeah. It's actually really funny because whenever I talk to my grandma, so she's like lives in like the countryside in Denmark is Mm. obviously like almost 80 and she's like, why is it that like in America and like England and Australia, like there's so many old men in politics. <laughs> and I was like, yes, very well picked up on. <laughs> Best That's so true. Um, yeah. I don't know. Cause I, I just think in Scandinavia, there are actually a lot of young politicians. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of women. Well, actually more than we see in. Well, the Scandinavian countries are far more progressive than the rest of the world as well. We're always catching up to mm. To Scandinavia I'd say also because my background is from El Salvador so El Salvador has their um, president is quite young Mm. as well he's about like 40 um Nayib Bukele he's I think of Palestinian descent um and so he's yeah but he's young he's brought in so many like really progressive ideas the country is in a way better yeah um, condition Did everyone is something with cryptocurrency yeah at bitcoin one so yeah bitcoin because um at the moment the official currency is the american dollar which doesn't exactly benefit i was like country. that's not very el salvadorian well the americans have such a influence on Football. all of yeah, Latin America. So it, this changed, I think, in like the early 2000s because El Salvador had its own currency and then it changed. And I think Bitcoin is a way to get away from that dependency on yeah. the Americans and that's what it was for. And I know a lot of people are like, it's so risky and, and all that, but it's, it's, it's helping more than anything and it's bringing a lot of investors into the country. And the issue before was that, there were so many gangs as well, which has also got to do with yeah. the involvement of the United States just deporting people and not thinking of the consequences that it's going to have on, on the surrounding countries. But that's been controlled a lot by this new president and it's safer than it's ever been before. Like my parents are over there right now and they oh, say, no yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, I want to go. You can take me. Yeah. Well, so the beaches and everything was so nice and there's a huge surf culture. Like um, there's a lot of surfing competitions. Heaps of Australians like go for the surf um, mm. because it's tropical. The, the water's really warm as well, which is yeah. so different to here. And the sound so different. is like brown, but like got golden sort of like it sparkles. It's it's so different to, to here. It's, yeah, pure tropical vibes. <laughs> 
tropical vibes unless you're up in like Cairns or, or something yeah exactly <laughs> growing up in Perth it's that old dry white heat. sand I didn't realize until like traveling then I was like oh the sand isn't like just like in Perth it's so yeah. white <laughs> for real for yeah real. all right Michelle let's let's keep things abroad uh the war in Ukraine U.S. President Joe Biden and French President Emmanuel Macron have held a bilateral meeting in Washington focused on deepening ties between the two nations and their shared commitments to defeating Putin and helping the world rebound from a global pandemic and get through a possible impending recession. Yeah, and President Biden indicated he would be ready to meet with Russian President Vladimir Putin. The Kremlin has also said it was open to negotiations, but not on the West's demand to pull out of Ukraine. According to Russia, the refusal to recognize new territories seized from Ukraine will make peace talks harder. I mean, as if peace talks aren't really hard enough. I know, exactly. I've never been to one, but... <laughs> can only imagine. Can- uh, and so officials in Spain have increased security measures at consulates and public administrative buildings after at least six letter bombs were mailed to several offices, including those of Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez and the American and Ukrainian embassies. And a number of Ukrainian embassies in, in other European countries, including Hungary, the Netherlands, Poland, Croatia and Italy, have been sent a parcel containing bloodied animals' eyes. This is so full on. But yeah. I guess this is what, you know, Russia does to, to have its um, sort of control in the world. I, you know, what affects most of us in day-to-day life, obviously it's very sad what's happening in Ukraine, but the rest of the world is the financial implications that it has on absolutely everyone. And because of these oh. sanctions, the rest of us are kind of suffering because everything is so expensive. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like the energy crisis here, like do not even talk to me about our energy bills right now. But I just have to go back to that last <laughs> point that you made because I saw that article on like Euronews and CNN and a few others. And I was like, mm. ugh, like I didn't even want to like know any more details, like bloodied yeah. animal eyes. And it's just they're one of the articles they were labeling it like a new form of like terrorism kind of thing. It's just like, well, like hasn't this kind thing- of KGB style threats. <laughs> But, like, isn't that, like, very old school? Like, I th- I'm pretty sure, like, you know, sending, like, that um, that poisonous powder, I don't know, I can't remember the name for it, but things like that, like, it's very, like, an old school way of intimidating. Yeah. It's, like, out w- of a Bond film. I wonder if it actually is Putin or if it's just, like, some randoms doing it in the name of Russia. Do they know? Is there evidence behind it of, like, who's sending it? I'm not sure. I mean, this is a news and analysis section and I should probably like give a more in-depth analysis <laughs> to this, but at this point in time, let's just we think of it as a news bulletin. We're putting <laughs> yeah, it out there. Exactly. This is the like, news and that's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's just stick with that region though, because the Telegraph in the UK reported that Satanism and devil worship is on the rise According to census data, the number of people in England and Wales identifying as Satanists saw a 167% increase between 2011 and 2021. Researchers in the Office for National Statistics found that within that 10-year period, the number jumped from around 1,900 to 5,050 individuals. (laughs) Um, I just... Yeah, I don't know. I saw this. Actually, no, it was someone... It was one of my work colleagues that, you know said this out loud and I was like oh send that to me (laughs) um 
I just don't know what are your thoughts on this, Michelle. Before we give the thoughts, should we um, explain what Satanism is? Even though most people probably already know, but let's just yes, reference. please enlighten us. <laughs> yeah, uh, Satanism is a group of ideological and philosophical uh, beliefs based on Satan. The practices and movements of Satanism are centered on the figure of the devil. In Christianity and Judaism, Satan is the embodiment of absolute evil. We hear a lot of horror movies and American true crime stories centered around satanic cults. I mean, it's actually something that you do need to take seriously because people that become obsessed with this and worship the devil do do horrible things and psychotic things. uh Uh-huh. And as soon as I heard this, I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to blame the Democrats. (laughs) (laughs) Really? No, but do you remember? Like (laughs) QAnon were like blaming the Democrats for like satanic cults and like eating children like all of this oh yeah okay yeah that makes more sense to me I was like what that is such fast stretch what yeah yeah, sorry I just like really jumped (laughs) yeah um yeah that's where my mind goes um yeah it is like slightly concerning I mean when I heard the percentage I was like oh damn but then I actually like looking at how many individuals identified as this but yeah can I just say growing up in Catholicism it is always big on like God and the devil. And as a child, the, the thought of the devil freaked me out a lot. And so like, because you hear stories in the Bible of Jesus in the desert for 40 days and nights and, you know, temptation and the devil appears and all that. And that story would always like freak me out. So I just yeah. convinced myself that the devil, that the way that it's portrayed in, in movies and all that with the horns and stuff, I was like, the devil doesn't exist. I know evil and stuff does exist in that sort of, obviously yeah. there's bad people in the world and all that, but the way that it's like put to us, I was just like, it doesn't just to like, so I could sleep at night as a child. I'm kind of glad that you brought that up though, because like I didn't grow up religious, like I'm Mm. not religious, but it's interesting to have that kind of like Catholicism and the the background to be like, what does actually like the devil mean? Mean. Yeah. um, Satan. And then it's just like funny to think about people yeah, literally worshipping the devil. Yeah. Well, it's been around, actually, in Scandinavia, I'm pretty sure there's, like, Satan is, well, maybe, I think maybe more so in the 80s or 90s, there was more of, like, Satanism yeah. with um, uh, those, like, heavy metal sort of, um, more screamo sort of 100%. Bands. Yeah. Yes, that's true. It and they would burn to... churches and 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 mm. the crosses that, like, flip them upside down. And I guess there was a period of, like, the Goths as, as well. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. I think it kind of like flourished. Even like I was like on Wikipedia, not the most reliable source, (laughs) but I was on Wikipedia. And they were even talking about like, you know, burning the witches and everything and like witchcraft and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, let's hope that um, it doesn't continue to grow because we don't need any more evil people in the world. No, we don't. We don't need more conspiracy theorists and we don't need more satanic cults <laughs> okay should we Next move on story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right Josie we've got yeah. a I guess a new segment um we're gonna get to know each other well we already know each other but the, the people listening will get to know us because we think that's very important we're gonna have three questions each they're supposed to be thought-provoking right yeah, and these are totally off the cuff. Like, I don't know what Michelle's going to ask me. 
She yeah. doesn't know what I'm going to ask her. Yeah, we're going so this into is this just like blindly. live radio, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> live podcasting. Yes. Um, do you want to start or do you want me to start? I can start. Okay. 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 Um, Michelle, do you feel older or younger than your age and why? Do I have to give an, a, a definitive answer? Because I feel no, like, no, you can for sure make it more nuanced, like cases for and against. Yeah, because I feel in some circumstances, I do feel older. I think it's when I'm around immature people. I'm like, I'm so mature. Yeah, they tend <laughs> um, to have that effect. Yeah, exactly. Um, in, in that sense. But then other times when I'm dealing with like new situations that I never have before and they're very adult situations and I'm like, uh, I need my mom and dad. I feel younger than what my yeah. age is. And I also, I feel like when I was, I don't know, like 18, 19, the sort of being 29 sounded very adult and very grown up to me. And now being that age, I don't feel like that I feel like I'm still trying to like navigate through my life and and figure things out I do feel a lot more in control than when I was like in my early 20s I did feel still like a child and experiencing a lot of things for the new for the first time um, in my early 20s so I do feel more experienced now and gone through like a lot more um, but yeah I don't know sometimes I just feel like I'm my age as well that's probably not the answer but I'm supposed to give them that. No, it's just, yeah, it's, it's an answer in itself. Yeah, it depends on the circumstances and the situations that I'm I'm put in. I think for the most part, though, in my day to day life, I just feel like my age. When I feel when I turn thirty, that's when I'll be like, no, I I feel way younger. Yeah, then it will really hit you. Yeah. All right. Um, my question to you, and I hope you don't have the same question. What is the lie you tell yourself most often? Oh, damn. That is really thought-provoking. Mm. And it's definitely not an easy one to, to just answer on the spot as well. Not at all. I'm almost like, oh, can I come back to this? <laughs> um, what is a lie that I tell myself? I mean, I think... So being like honest, like I have always had a lot of anxiety as a person, like mm-hmm. I can get quite anxious and it's definitely something that I've like tried to work on throughout my twenties. And I just think that when you go through adversity and stuff, you, you develop tools to deal with it. So I think yeah. there's definitely like a lie that I'll tell myself where it'll be like, I'm not good enough or like I shouldn't do something like it could just be like a, like a confidence thing. Mm, yeah um yeah it's just like I wouldn't know if I would necessarily say it's a lie that I tell to myself but you you can almost get like quite like catastrophic or like I can in the way that I think um so is it more of a a coping mechanism rather than lying to yourself yeah yeah I think it's definitely a coping mechanism like I would rather go to like worst case scenario Mm. um I'm not sure why but it, it probably is just like a way of like a kind of. Yeah. Mm. Everyone obviously like goes through periods of anxiety, but others deal with it more. Um, 
but I, I think, yeah, sometimes it is, you do get stuck in that sort of way of you do think of like the, the negatives a lot more. And, yeah. and when you're in a rut as well, that doesn't help. Um, it's all, yeah. And it's interesting when you brought up the word control, because I think that's also what it stems from what you're saying, like with your age, it's like mm. the older you get, the wiser you get. Yeah, It is that whole thing of like being in control. And I think I know I'm the kind of person that doesn't like a lot of unpredictability. Like yeah. I like to know where I have people. I like to like, I'll use an example, even at home, I want the dishwasher packed a certain way. <laughs> I can be like OCD about those kind of things. Yeah. Um, which is really, yeah, you would say it's like kind of silly, but, um, no, but that's, I'm similar, maybe not with like the dishwasher, but there's certain things that I like them to be a particular way. And as I get older, I'm like, I've come to realize that I like being in control of a lot of things and I like to take control and sometimes like it's normally when things that I feel like passionate about sorry I'm like hijacking your question (laughs) no no I mean because I was going to do this with your like older younger one but then I was just like but like no I think it's good to have this kind of discussion back and forth yeah no no, I, I feel like I I like to be in control of things that I feel passionate about or that I have an interest in or like even like living at home I've always done it where like I've found the, the the place and then I've found like someone that I want to live with rather than finding yeah. a place that's like a share house or something like that. I've always wanted to be in control in that sort of way. And to begin with, it was easier because I had all the furniture. And then as I got yeah. older, I was like, no, I just like to control things more. But I'm also not like OCD and like be like, you have to do this and that, like this way. But I just, yeah, I like having bits of my life that are are just like fully in my control yeah and I think that's probably what it comes down to is like I don't have to be in control of like everything in every situation but I just know how I mean like line of work okay so like working as a journalist now I work as a research analyst so you know we're in the currency of like news and exchanging of information and like being on top of things and I think that also kind of like weirdly permeates into other aspects of my life where like Mm. I feel like I need to know things but then also I'm just kind of like why do I tell myself that like it's just kind of like just maybe go with the flow a little bit more instead of over analyzing I totally get that when I get like worked up about something and I'm like no like I try to like analyze it in my head I'm like okay if I say something about it what's going to happen if I don't is it going to annoy me am I going to set a precedent of letting this person continue to do that Sometimes uh, that's when I'm not angry when <laughs> I've got like, you know, control of my emotions and I try to think it through. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Question number two, what's the most sensible thing you've ever heard someone say, or maybe to reframe it, the best life advice you've been given? Um, since we're on the topic of control, I'd probably say like my dad, saying that he puts it in a better way than I do, but more so essentially not getting worked up over things that you can't control in your life. Um, Mm. 
you know, like worrying. And I guess it also comes back to like anxiety and stuff because I have gone through like moments in my life where I do feel that sort of anxiousness where you do fall into the negatives, the hypotheticals, like what if this happens? What if that happens? And it's like just focusing on what is within your control and not being so emotionally driven by by the hypotheticals or, or, or by fear as well, because I think that fear, yeah, that is such a that, that's such an important word. Yeah, <laughs> because we are as humans, a lot of the time we are driven to make decisions because of fear, which can sometimes be detrimental. Um, yeah, to so, make decisions or not make decisions because yeah. it's also scary to commit to something. Exactly, or or not wanting to find out the answer because of something because it's simply out of fear of how you're going to be made to feel. But in the long run, it can affect you in in a negative sort of way. It's it's like yeah, it's I reckon that sort of advice is it's what's stuck with mm-hmm. me, and and also not allowing anyone to take away your tranquility as well. Yes, <laughs> yeah. remains yeah. Here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's really good uh, life advice from Papa Escobar. Yeah, <laughs> he's very wise. <laughs> yes. All right. I want to ask you a question, which I'm thinking of on the spot. And I okay. don't want to like, I almost want to not ask you a question, but say what like our first impressions of each other were. Okay. So we should say how we met because I don't think we've actually like, gone through that, have we? I at think all. we did in the first episode that we met at uh, working at Fox, Fox Sports, Sports as yeah. editorial assistants yeah. on the active desk. <laughs> so we were both like super young. We were like 22 on that, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, we were. So I started about like six months, I think, before you. Mm. And I just remember it being like super intimidating because I'd watch like Fox Sports News all through my my high school and stuff and I was like it's where I want to work and I just remember like yeah you're in like tv and it was like glam and all that so it was yes. a bit intimidating but yeah so I'd a been lot a lot of big personalities as yes. well like type a a lot yeah a lot of like me 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 um no offense to any former colleagues <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they won't know because we're speaking in very general terms yes yes that's true. Um, and so I remember, yeah, I remember it was like a, I'd been on like the 4am shift uh, and you came in with your little blonde bob that you had at the time. Yeah, I had really short hair. You had then. really short hair. And I think, so the first day that I saw you, you came in, I think, was it more to like shadow rather than yeah, like I think straight I was on the tools? shadowing. Yeah, and so you came in, and I think I was like about to leave, and I fully like judged you on the way that you looked. I was like, "She's pretty blonde and tall." Oh my god! And I was, and you like you were quite serious as well. And yeah, was, that's definitely something. I remember like a lot of our former colleagues; they were like, "Yeah, no one really wanted to speak to you." She <laughs> had this very like frosty kind of like scandinavian vibe. <laughs> yeah. I was like okay way to stereotype um but that's that's kind of yeah it's funny that you say that because I remember when I started uni here too there was um I feel a bit bad like throwing her under the bus but there was a girl from eastern Europe and I just have to say like love my eastern European friends and colleagues but they also can give off a certain vibe yeah and this Lithuanian girl was like insistent on the fact that I would just was like 
kind of like dropping the B word here, but like a bit of a bitch. And I came across as being very like intimidating. And, you know, I think also because I was myself very nervous about going back to university and I was yeah. like, I just have to do really well. I need to get good marks and stuff. And then, you know, you can become maybe a bit of like a teacher's pet or like one of those people that says a lot in classes and stuff. Yeah. So I think sometimes it's a little bit hard when people give you their first impression of you because you're like, um, if you got to know me, you'd know that yeah. I'm actually really nice and like a big dork. Well, that's what I want to say the next day because I just, it was also like a very quick sort of thing. Like you just walked in and like, and it's probably like the bitchy girl and me just like thinking like that, which we tend to do when like we're super young. But I remember the next day, um, I think you must have come in earlier or maybe like I stayed back a little bit and we started talking and we're like, we're both from Perth. We're both the same age. And you're like so nice. And we were like just chatting. And I just remember like since then we've been friends. Yeah. And I think we ran into each other on the bus as well. You say that, but I can't remember that. I don't know. I'm, I think I'm making this up, Michelle. I definitely think it happened. Um, but I think that's also the other thing too, is like, especially those days when you first start in like a new workplace and stuff, it's really easy to like judge people. It's super easy to judge people actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then you remember like, oh, I've been in that position once before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we I mean, should, we could do like a whole episode on like what it's like to work in the media. Just like, just quickly, like, you know, because it is sports so it's mainly males and then yeah, it's so, very male dominated yeah and there's a limited limited amount of women in there and it was a very young newsroom and I just remember like some younger females like not being as nice as what the males were just being like oh so what do you want to do what's your sport you're going to go into yeah it was kind of like one of those things where a lot of people I think everyone kind of felt like threatened by each other yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I felt exactly the same. I walked in and I was just like, wow, like, especially all of like the women, I was like, everyone's so beautiful and like very good at like what they do. And it is, it is intimidating because you're also like a young, like you're in like your early twenties and you move to like a new city and everything. Um, But I mean, I thought that like, you your doppelganger I always thought was um the actress from Jane the Virgin oh really Gina yeah. yes a little bit <laughs> no you shouldn't be she's gorgeous but I mean it's not also like you look exactly the same but I think no. it's because I was like I actually don't know a lot of people like in all honesty like I don't know a lot of people with sort of like Latin and South American roots yeah in there's not that Australia. many in Australia no there yeah. really isn't. So I also thought for me, I was like, that's really cool. And like, that's super interesting. And I could tell immediately. And I mean, it also shows with your like career trajectory that you were really passionate about football. I was like, yeah. she's not here to like fake it till she makes it. Like she's actually here to like make a career. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. A lot of other people kind of read about it like in a different sort of way, but whatever. But yeah, no, for me, like I knew what I wanted to do um from like quite a young age and I just worked towards it and now that I'm like there I'm like what else do I want to do now (laughs) yeah exactly isn't that like so satisfying though you round out your 20s and you're like wow I actually like achieved that yeah that's true that I wanted yeah and sometimes when you get caught up in the day-to-day things of like 
getting up at 3 a.m. You're kind of like, ugh. But then if you're like, oh, if I told my 16-year-old self like what I'm doing now, I'd be like over the moon. So like I do need to remember that all the time. Um, But yeah, it's when you're in the day-to-day like churn of things that you're just like, I'm so tired. (laughs) Yeah. No, for real. I'm so happy I don't have to do those early starts. (laughs) Yeah, I know. The killers. (laughs) Um, Do we have one more question for each other? Yes, we do. Um, Okay, so my next question is, what is a skill you've acquired or something that you do today that you weren't capable of doing a year ago? Oh, that's a really good question. Skill that I've acquired that I wasn't capable of doing a year ago. Do you know, like, it's not that deep for me. It'd be assembling furniture. Okay, um, but that's actually pretty baller because I, <laughs> I feel like so many couples fight over having to put together, like, an Ikea I know. cupboard or something. It's just me, like, waiting around for, like, people to help me out or boyfriend to help me out, and I'm just, like, I'll just do it myself, and I just end up doing it myself. Hell, yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah. So I would, I'd probably say that more so because the last couple of times when I moved, um, my parents were like always here or my older brother was mm-hmm. here and they'd just take care of it. Actually, once, um, funny story, there was, I bought like this, um, all these like drawers and stuff. What's it called? It's not just drawers when it's all in the like a chest of drawers. Chest of drawers. I couldn't remember chest of drawers. Yeah. And <laughs> and um, my older brother was over and uh, I asked him if he could do it because I was going out and I was like, I've never done this before. And so he was like, yeah, sure, I'll take care of it. And I came back and it was all done. And I was like, whoa, that was like super quick. And then I found out that he had uh, paid someone on Airtasker to do it. No <laughs> way. Airtasker. I remember that in Australia. That was so Yeah. Cool. And that was at the time where you could pay someone like $20 and they would do it. Now they want like 150 for like everything. Oh, so ridiculous. That's good. Maybe you've got a carpentry gene in you somewhere, <laughs> Michelle. That can be your future career. Maybe. Um, should we move on to the final question for you? Yes. What is your favorite thing about yourself? Oh God. I hate myself. <laughs> Kidding. Um, <laughs> it's gonna like, turn into oh. a therapy session soon. <laughs> like so self-indulgent though, like this question. But I guess it also does make you think. Um, we can think of the positives as well. I feel like we're all so quick to bash each other. Well, as in like ourselves. True. And so we don't always think about the positives or are made to think that if we say something positive about ourselves that we're like so self-indulgent or like so like full of yeah. ourselves so it's I actually think- like I think so one thing and it's funny because it's what you actually sort of touched on with the question I asked you about the best life advice mm. um because my I was actually gonna say that like my dad also said something to me because I asked him when I finished high school I was like okay like I'm 18 soon like gonna be an adult you know what life advice do you have for me and my dad man of very few words was just (laughs) like you know what Fina he calls me Fina yeah you know what Fina I just think that um you should go with your gut instinct just like trust your gut um and I actually like it sounds so silly but I feel like in so many situations like I'm very in tune with myself and I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to say this in like a psychic kind of sense, because I think that 
over time, like I, I've always kind of been strong in my convictions, but I think it's because I consider myself to be a very emotional person. Um, but I think that I like emotionally regulate like quite well. And I just like know what I want and I know what's good for me. And I think that's kind of helped me with like a lot of decision-making in my life Yeah. because I've also had a very like strange life. Well, not, it's not like super strange life trajectory, but mm. I've definitely done like a lot of different things throughout yeah. my twenties. Um, I don't know. I think that's just like maybe me from like, yeah, very like subjective point of view of what I like most about myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess if you're sure of like the decisions that you're making, that's really good because a lot of people can be really indecisive and and I guess that's what like makes you happy as well, knowing that like I made the right decision for me. It might not be like the right decision for everyone, but for me. Yeah. That's what maybe it's like. that control thing coming. Yeah. Again. But yeah, I don't know. It's just like trying. I think it's also being introspective. I for sure mm. think that it's like being like sort of in solitude, like with yourself and like with your own thoughts and feelings and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, other things I like about myself, I like that I'm really like social and like chatty. I think I'm a pretty good communicator. Yeah. Um, what about you? What do you think? Do like about your... Yeah. Um, I would say that um, even though we like spoke about emotions before and like being able to like control them and all that, I feel like on the outside, I do like that I can be quite calm in a lot of situations. Um, mm. Even I was going to say, you've got a really good poker face. Do I? Oh, well, yeah. I think it's like, yeah, even- in all honesty, like I, again, like I feel like I'm probably a bit more like chaotic energy than you are. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be like, yeah, you are. <laughs> I do think I've, I've just like, since I was a child, I think it's coming back to being a reserved person. Um, mm. I mean, like I can open up with like certain people and, and, and all that, like people that I'm super close to, my family. But I think it's like I don't want people to know my problems. I don't want people to, yeah, I just, I think that's why like I've been like that since I can remember, like since I was a child, I was like, I'm not telling people what's going on in like my life. Not that my issues were like big as a child or anything like that. No. But I've always been like that. I think so. I think that's helped at times it hasn't helped me because I can bottle things in but I think for the most part it has helped me in dealing with situations when people are freaking out around me I can like stay calm I mean I am human at the end of the day in certain situations that I'll freak out and just like lose it but for the most part like out like say for example at work if someone's like losing their shit over something that's not that big, but you know, like when you're in a work environment, everything mm. seems like so much worse than what it is. And you know, like they're swearing and going off, and I can just be like calm about it. And I'll be like, okay, yeah. what do you need? Um, but I think that is actually like, I mean, we traveled together too, and obviously yeah. spent a lot of time together when we're in Sydney. And I think that is also one of the things I like most about you is that you actually have like a very soothing kind of presence. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, very easygoing. <laughs> Yeah, I I think I am easygoing until like I get worked up about things and then I'm not easygoing and then I'm just annoying. Interesting. Well, I feel like yeah. I got to know you a little bit better, Michelle. 
Yeah, likewise. It's nice to, to have those deep sort of questions. It makes you think a lot more. Yeah, but then also like the anxiety inside. I'm like, oh my God, I revealed way too much yeah. about myself. Like, you know what? We have the control to cut things out if we want to. Exactly. That's so true. It's just like the boundaries thing. I'm like, oh, I know. God. I know. But no, it was fun recording this episode. We'll um, we'll be back next week. That's right. So thank you for listening and see you. Well, we'll li- you'll listen to us next week. <laughs> <laughs>